You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by Pastor Dan Stahlbaum. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. This is Morning Breath Podcast and radio show coming to you as a drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. What we do is take a chapter of the Bible, read it, spend some time in it with the Lord, then we come down to the studio here at the Merritt Island campus of East Coast Christian Center, read it on the air, and then we talk about wherever God leads us in the chapter. My co-host today is Pastor Keith Alderman, a great friend, uh, a lot of fun, and we're going to have a great time on the program today. How are you doing, Pastor Keith? I'm doing so good. How are you, Pastor Dan? Great. We, we always talk for a while before the program starts. I need my, I need to warm up my voice. And now we've just <clears throat> we've had too much fun. And we've had way too much fun already <laughs> this morning, so we're we're getting into it. So glad you guys could take time out of your busy day and join us. Tell them how to get involved, Pastor Keith. Oh, I would love to. There's a number of ways you can do this, and really the goal is that you would actually read the Word yeah. ahead of time so yep. that whenever we read it together, we're discovering stuff new. Come and on. so you're going to hear from God, and we're going to hear from God, and we get to share that, and it's really cool. So ways you can do that is through our app. At, uh, just search for the East Coast Christian Center app or at our website, eccc.us. You can hit the Morning Breath link and find out where we're going and where we've been. Yep. You can even check out like past uh, shows that we've done, so you can listen in on those. Or you could call our church office at 452-1060 yep. with the uh, area code 321, and we can email you out or mail you out a uh, an actual uh, list of where we're going to be going for the Chapter whole list. month. Yeah, yep. so that you can uh, follow along with doing that. And we would love for you to join in with us. That's what, absolutely the goal. Really, it is absolutely the goal, and it's, it's just—but— don't get us wrong. If you haven't read it, we're going to read it yeah, together. Yeah, we're happy so, to read it for you. Yeah, so we're, we're, you're not going to miss out, but you can, you can get more out of the Word uh, when you read it. I love what Pastor Matt and Jessica did, uh, not this past weekend, but the weekend before with... Uh, Lexio Divina. Yeah, Lexio Divina, and it's basically just a way of studying the Word, reading it four times, and having a different view, yeah. a different thing you're looking for. In, in each reading, very powerful. And, and Pastor Matt, or, or Pastor Jess, I don't remember which, said, it's one thing when you eat a meal prepared for you, yeah. which is cool yep. and great, mm-hmm. but it's even better when you cook the food yourself. That's right. And so that's kind of what that picture is when you read the Bible. And, yeah. And it's just a powerful thing. It and is every, good. Everybody needs to do it. Yeah, amen. It's kind of like growing up. You know, like at one point, my <laughs> parents would make the meal for me. And then uh, at some point, I started working and going to work and getting resources and making yep. food myself. And, that's, that's and now, now I actually make food for others. Hey, how about that? That's you know, like I've got children. So <laughs> you got to get in the word so you can yeah. actually start uh, leading other people too. So that's great. So we don't have a lot of announcements. So we're going to get right in the chapter. It's a little bit longer. We're in a gospel now. We're uh, started. Uh, the Gospel of Mark at the beginning of the week, and so we are in chapter 3. There are 35 verses, and half of that is 17 and a half, right? <laughs> yes, sir. So I'm going to read through 17. <laughs> 17 and a half, got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to read through 17, and you can take it at 18. I'll give you my half. Okay. How's that? Does that sound good? <laughs> that sounds good. All right. Get me started. I'm going to read New King James. What you reading? I'm reading New King James. Wow. What? This is going to be so it. easy. Yeah, it's like, it's going to flow. <laughs> I say unto you, Aretha. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, so they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. 
And he said to them, Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored, as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. But Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea, and a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea and Jerusalem and Idumea and beyond the Jordan and those from Tyre and Sidon, a great multitude, when they heard how many things he was doing, came to him. So he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. For he healed many, so that as many as had afflictions pressed about him to touch him. And the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, fell down before him and cried out, saying, You are the Son of God. But he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. And he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed twelve that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Simon, whom he gave the name Peter, James the son of Zebedee, and John the brother of James, to whom he gave the names Boagineers. Say that for me. No. Okay. Boagineers. Boagineers. Okay, that's good. That is Sons of Thunder. (laughs) Verse 18. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him, and they went into a house. Then the multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him. For they said, He's out of his mind. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. So he called them to himself and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but has an end. No one can enter a strong man's house. And plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he'll plunder his house. Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the sons of men, and whatever blasphemes they may utter. But he who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation, because they said he has an unclean spirit. Then his brothers and his mother came, and standing outside they sent to him, And a multitude was sitting around him, and they said to him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them, saying, Who is my mother or my brothers? And he looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother and my sister and mother. Amen. You know, uh, just thinking about, I mean, it ends with, of course, his family. And originally, when I first read verse 21, but when his own people heard yep. about this, I actually thought, well, that's his family. Mm. But that that might not have been his family there. That might have been his his friends, people he grew up around, people from the city right. he was from. I mean, when we think about Bethlehem, 
we think about or Nazareth or whatever city we we think of a city. Mm-hmm. You know, Merritt Island has forty thousand people. We're talking about a place that might have had four hundred people right. in it. So you probably, if you grew up there, born, raised, many people never even left the area they grew up in in that day and age, you would know most everybody from there. So I'm not sure if it's his family or if it's his friends, but two times people come to get him, one for sure being his family. And what's interesting to me is why wouldn't he respond to them? Number one, this hit me this morning when I was reading this, if he would have responded to them just out of courtesy, because I would, I would kind of struggle a little bit like, I don't really want to be rude to them. I don't want to turn off right. my friends. You know, here I am a, let's just say, for example, here I am a pastor. My friends come and I don't want to, leave me alone, you know, get out of here. I don't want to talk to you. I would be, that, that would be hard for me. Let's just put it, that would be hard for me. But if Jesus would have responded to them, he would have verified why they came. That's good. To talk to him. Yep. And that's because they thought he was out of his mind. Yeah. And the same kind of with his family. And so it, Jesus wasn't just being rude. They put him in a position where he couldn't respond to them. Right. Because by responding to them, he would actually be verifying what the Sadducees, Pharisees, Herodians, and everybody else was saying about him. Uh, no less that he casts out demons by the prince of demons, Beelzebub, and, uh, or Beelzebul in this case is how it's spelled. But, you know, I just thought about it from, because, you know, it, it's always, there are certain things when I read them in the Bible, it's like, eh, that yeah, bothers why? me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Why? Why does that, why, I know in the natural, I could see how that'd be difficult, but then, I, I don't know, I thought I saw it today. Hey, if he did it, then he'd be verifying what they actually came there to get him for. And he couldn't respond to him, or else he would have gotten agreement with them thinking he's crazy. And obviously he wasn't crazy. He was uh, on fire for God and doing a God thing. Yeah. And wasn't going to step down, kind of like Nehemiah said, I'm not coming down off the wall. I'm doing a great work for God. That's right. So Sambalat and Tobias, you go jump in the lake. The two guys who were talking to Nehemiah, he says, I'm going to stick with it here. Uh, that doesn't mean he was just being rude. He was being on purpose, on task. That's right. And couldn't get an agreement with the Herodians and, and the Pharisees. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, the, the two things, going back to even his own people, that made me think of the verse of a uh, prophet is not... Uh, honored in his oh, own yeah. hometown, right? Like, yep. like, oh, we know who you are and that kind of stuff. Um, but that whole idea, I think it really gives a lot of a weight to, I'm on a mission, I have a job to do, and, uh, you yep. know, you can, you can, if you want to call it compartmentalizing or however you want to think of it, like whenever the, the soldier goes into battle, that's what he's thinking about, right? That's right. But whenever he comes home, he's he's a dad or he's a husband, he's yep. whatever. And um, in the same sense in that too, that whenever I'm in ministry mode, let's say it, you know, and yeah, like yeah. I, I'm different, you know, yeah. it doesn't mean that I don't love my kids and I'm not focused on them. But if I'm at task of like, no, I'm here leading someone right now and I have to do that. Right. Like I'm focused on the task at hand good, of like, good example. I'm working hard right now for the kingdom of God. Yep. And then you can in the right setting or the right season or the right, however you want to look at it. And so I think it has a lot of weight inside of that kind of thinking. And we do know that in the setting of him being while being crucified. He took care of his mama. 
Am I I'm allowed sorry. to finish I'm the sorry. sentence? I'm sorry. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> um, he took care of his mama. That's a great way of putting it. And so it isn't that he was against his right. family. He was on task. You know, history tells us very often that God's servants are often misunderstood by their family and friends. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not always an easy thing to serve God. Now, if if you're not I mean, you can be God's servant and be kind of a very, very shallow one. You won't have any trouble with your family. Yeah. <laughs> but if if you go deep with God, th- there's a very good chance. I mean, I remember picking up my sister from the airport when uh, Matthew was about three years old. And he she, he's in the car. And so she's talking to him. That's his aunt. And she's, you know, they're having a good time back there. And she turns and says, what's Santa going to get you for Christmas? <laughs> and, and uh, of course, Matt goes, Santa's not real. <laughs> he, he, you know, he's of the devil or he said something crazy, you know. <laughs> and, and she looked and she just, she didn't say anything to him. She just looked at me with this crusty sister look, you know, like, yeah, what are, what's wrong with you? How what dare you, you steal your kid's yeah. joy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyway, that, but then I got an opportunity in the right context. I explained to her, well, we don't want to say, you know, Easter Bunny's real, that, you know, Santa's real and Jesus is real. And then when they're a little older, say, you know, well, we were kidding about Santa and the Easter Bunny, but Jesus is still real. It's yep. just we want to be consistent yeah. in, in the picture we paint for our kids. Yeah, I want to tell my kids the truth, <clears throat> period. Yeah, period. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that, that stood out to me, and I just thought that was interesting. That's maybe a little bit uh, – that was just personal for me when I saw that. I thought, wow, uh, that's pretty, good, pretty cool. The other question that I would ask in this is, are your friends pushing you towards God or away from God. Yeah, amen. And so you've got to be careful with who you let in your inner circle. That doesn't mean you reject your family and never spend any time with them. We know that Jesus' brother became a big part of the church after his death, burial, and resurrection. So, you know, just be careful who you have in your inner, inner circle. Make sure the people closest to you, that you allow close to you, are pushing you towards God, not away from God. Yeah, it's good. <clears throat> and it, like you said, that's not a bad thing. You know, sometimes I, and I deal with this a lot in, with youth ministry and young adults, they, you go through seasons of friends and like your tribe starts changing and stuff. Yeah. And all that stuff happens naturally, to be honest. It's uh, normal. It is. Like uh, there's friends that I had when I was 16 and we were chasing after God and doing everything that we could to, to, to go after him. Right. And then at some point you kind of look up and you're like, oh, they're not around anymore. Yep. You know, uh, it's a natural thing and it can hurt. It is painful. It is. It can be difficult in those of like, wow, we don't hang out. You know, sometimes you get that that comment from somebody. We just never hang out anymore. And it's like, I mean, I appreciate that. I know where you're coming from and I love you. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason, too, you know, of like, I'm going somewhere and you just kind of stopped, yeah. you know. And so you have to to balance all of that and not um, – it doesn't mean that you become like some kind of jerk or something like that of like, well, you don't matter to me. But it but it also, you know, don't walk around with shame of like, oh, well, I, I just – I guess I'm, I'm not a good friend to anybody or a good, uh, you know, daughter or son or whatever. It, it look, may look like that the enemy would try and get in there. It's, man, I'm going to – do my best, but I'm also not going to just stop chasing after God. Right. And whenever tribes change and all of that, 
that's a, a great example of that is Paul. Whenever you look at Barnabas and you look at Mark uh, in his life and Peter too, that uh, even in their tribe, they had to change and shift and they moved away from each other. And then they came back together that's at right. one point because they were just on different uh, paths or different maturity even, you know, yeah. with Peter and, and Mark under maybe, you know, Mark saying, well, I'm just, I'm not going to go with you. And, and Paul thinking, well, you're not committed, right. you know. And then Peter over here uh, make, telling people they have to be more like the Jewish nation. And, yeah. and, and Paul's like, this is... <clears throat> isn't right either and it didn't mean that peter was a bad guy or not able to uh minister the gospel it was just in different place he was in a different place and mark too and and then they were able to reconcile which is so beautiful and powerful so it's it's like sometimes there's just seasons and waves that some people grow quicker in this area some people maybe not as quick and then they might jump ahead of you at one point too you know absolutely and so it's it's i've seen that with me yeah (laughs) (laughs) people jumped ahead of me the other thing is that there, there are two other factors that change maybe our tribes when you get married. You know, I've, yeah. I don't know how many times I've seen guys try to hang on to their single friends after they get married. There can be some of that in a season of some of that, but really in real life, you not only leave your father and mother, very often you have to leave your single friends to yeah. be a dad, to be a husband. Uh, and then work sometimes leads people to different tribes. You get a job somewhere, you're in a field, uh, maybe you go in the medical field. Well, before long, a lot of your friends are going to be in the medical field because that's where you work. That's normal, not weird, or anything like that. So just want to encourage you with that. What stood out to you in the chapter? I started out with what? Yeah. Well, when you, I love get. What happens to me is when somebody else reads it to me, yeah. I always hear things. That's so, cool. I like what, it. What stuck out to me was just the atmosphere at the very beginning of he entered the synagogue, mm. and there's a man with a withered hand. Mm. And then it says, so they watched him closely, mm. where he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. And that just made me go, hmm, that really feels familiar. You know, the feeling of being under a microscope, and yeah. everybody's under a microscope right now. Just the, In the w- whole world. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone is. Just yeah. watch closely so that we can accuse someone. And I, I, just, I just thought, well, this this feels like, you know, whatever. This feels very familiar. And to see Jesus in the midst of it, he says, I know their hearts. And it angered him. It frustrated him. He's like, okay, let me even test your hearts in saying, w- would you step forward? Is it, is it lawful that I would, if I if I heal someone that that's bad? Can you tell me that or not? And, you know, and them just, they they're just say, silent. Of silent. Like, we're still <clears throat> waiting to accuse. And it, and it drives them crazy. And I just thought of... Uh, like right now, this this hit my heart uh, a couple weeks ago, is that we are in a state of no one trusts anybody. Like no one, I, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust anybody. I only trust myself. I don't trust the, the government. I don't trust, I don't even trust my family members. I don't trust my pastor. I don't trust that person, my coworker, my boss. Anyway, no one. And he yet, needs counseling, everybody. I just want you to know that. <laughs> like that—that's the uh, the, yeah, no, the that's feeling the that you get, right. especially on social media world of everybody. You know, it's always a conspiracy, right? Yeah. All of these things. And, but the thing is that we entrust our hearts to the whole world, 
Because, you know, in John 2, um, Jesus said that everybody praised him and he said uh, he didn't entrust his heart to them because he knew it was in the hearts of man. So he put his heart in the hand of God. He said, God, that that you hold my heart. But he was able to trust people because that's why it says that he actually empowered and and led these disciples, giving them the ability to cast out demons and to do the works of the Lord in his name. So he trusted people, but he entrusted his heart into God's hands. Right now, we're completely backward. We don't trust anyone. But we entrust them with all of our thoughts, we all of our time, face, all of our attention. And we all, That's right. All out there. We, we are mm. constantly thinking about what everybody else thinks, and constantly, uh, uh, all of our emotions are bent on what are, what are people thinking and doing and saying about me. So we don't trust anyone, but we entrust them with our hearts, and it's completely backward that we should be trusting people, but entrusting our heart to God and letting Him actually have our affection and our attention wow. and everything. So this little moment right here went. This Very feels powerful. like home right now. And uh, we need to be entrusting our hearts into God's hands and trusting people. It's okay to trust people. And people will fail. That's okay, too. It hurts. But if my heart is in God's hands, then it doesn't matter whether or not somebody uh, maybe betrays me or lies or whatever. People do that stuff because they're afraid. People do that stuff because they're hurting, not because they're evil. These guys were in that boat. I mean, they were afraid of losing. They were so afraid. They were going to lose their system. They're afraid all their power is going to go away. Like, what is happening right now? And so they're, they're just so bent on being afraid to lose that they couldn't even see what was right in front of them. And that's what people are doing right now. And if we don't trust anybody, well, we're always, you know, having a conspiracy, then we're not going to really live. we got to be able to trust people and love people. Absolutely. Great word. Let me, I want to add two thoughts to that. When it says that they might accuse him, that word accuse him actually means bring charges against. So this was a legal thing. They were going to actually have some ammunition to arrest him at this point they're looking for ammunition so that when they arrest him they actually have charges against him what did he do he broke the sabbath right that's an offense i mean they not only they had temple police they had a system where you could get in trouble at church and get arrested for not doing church right Man, aren't you glad you're not in that uh, that realm anymore? I would be arrested so many times. Yeah. So we both be doing this from jail. <laughs> Hi, I'm in the church jail today, coming to you with morning breath. It's and it's true. But the other thing here, when he says to them, "You tell me, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or do evil, to save life or to kill?" It says, but they kept silent. The thing that I recognized here and moved my heart was. This was actually Jesus giving them an opportunity to repent and to go, you know, he's right. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Gosh, what in the world have we been thinking? That's right. And and again, our, our, you know, our, our, our Lord offers them an opportunity. And it was only after that it says... He got angry and was grieved with the hardness of their heart. I want to say something about that when we get back in just a minute. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. 
We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, Coco, and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. The world desperately needs strong, faithful, and equipped believers ready for battle right now. ECCU provides high-quality instruction at a fraction of the cost of other Christian universities. At ECCU, you will learn who you are, whose you are, and know how to practically exercise the tools God gave you. We offer associates, bachelors, masters, and doctoral programs in theology and Christian ministry. Our number is 321-452-1060. That's 321-452-1060. Extension 102. Find more information at eccuequipped.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29, seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine, Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living and Memory Care Community, located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. Hey everybody, welcome back. You know, one of the things that I've had people uh, mention to me, it says here, uh, he looked around at them with anger, being grieved. We also know that he went into the temple when they were selling, buying and selling in the temple, the sacrifices. So, you know, if you went in the temple to do a sacrifice and you didn't have a dove, you actually had to give twice as much as what a dove costs. Most people don't know that little rule that was in there. If you, instead of, were supposed to do a bull and you brought money instead of your bull, 
you uh, had to do twice as much money. So what they did to get around that is they'd sell them in the yeah. in the temple so people didn't have to give twice as much to God. It, there's a lot of reasons why Jesus didn't like that. Yeah. And you say he's angry. Anger is sin. No, it's not. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Right. Most people say that means I need to make up with my wife or my friend before the sun goes down. That's not what it's saying. I believe it tells you exactly what it says. Be angry. It doesn't say don't be angry. Yeah. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath means don't ever let your anger go out towards sin. Wow. Towards things that are wrong. It's good. Towards people, human trafficking or, yeah. or any of the other garbage on. going on. You should live your life knowing and, and having this holy indignation against the wrongs being done in the world today to people. That's my little uh, it's good. thing. It's God good. bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath podcast.